Good to see hey you. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Missed you all. You know, just hanging out in my house over here. Yeah. In, inside, stay home. Stay safe. Stay social distancing. I'm not going to lie. I got a couple text messages this past week about missing our podcast. Yeah. So, so as you can tell, we're doing our virtual podcast. It's a real podcast, but just yeah. social distancing version. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, we're going to wrap up uh, the women's basketball season. So this is our season finale of Inside Columbia Basketball. I'm Mike Kowalski, joined by Kyle Matrician, who you can see on your upper left, and Megan Rojas in the bottom, as you can tell. Mm. Oh, I we think we're all rotating around. Yeah. Wait, I don't, I don't oh, think wait. we're recording the full yeah. podcast yet. No, we're not putting no, this video but, out know. there. Why not? You have I, we're recording my version. Okay. That's what you're sure. going to say. say. We are? Just Sorry. all separately? Sorry, it's been a while. I mean, yeah, clearly a lot of events going on the last few weeks, but we found a way to uh, do this as best as we possibly can. Uh, like we said, this is the women's basketball wrap-up edition, our whole wrap-up edition of the Inside Columbia Basketball podcast. Uh, later on, we're going to have, actually pretty shortly, we're going to have uh, head coach Megan Griffith join us to go over, uh, you know, kind of just give us a little bit of a year in review or a wrap up of the women's basketball season and kind of let us know what all the girls are up to. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, next week you can look out for a new podcast next week. The three of us will be on it and we'll be joined by Columbia staff members and student athletes as we kind of get through this transition phase while we're in self-quarantine, for lack of a better term. So be on the lookout for that. Those new episodes are going to come out any Monday. We haven't figured out a name yet. so We haven't got a name yet, Ooh, although I am figured out. so excited that Megan Rojas is joining us from the basketball world for the Spring Sports Podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I got the text message. I felt like I signed a contract. I was ready to go. <laughs> wow, a contract. That's all it takes. <laughs> A verbal contract. We got a verbal. I verbally committed to this podcast, and I'm really excited to bring my talents. So yeah, I think the idea is that clearly all the spring sports didn't get to participate in their season, some of them a little bit more than others, but really nobody even got to the halfway point. So yeah. we really want to focus on our spring sport athletes, our spring sports seniors in particular, who kind of just had an abrupt ending to their career. Uh, so we're going to be talking to student athletes through the spring, we're going to be talking to head coaches through the spring, uh, and our first guest, actually, confirmation got it today on the Spring Sports Podcast is going to be Columbia Athletics Director Peter Pilling. So he will be our first guest. So we've got to get those questions ready Nice for that. A lot of prep work. Came out yeah, well, maybe we'll prepare a little bit for that one. I mean, we prepare for <laughs> every we don't prepare podcast. For I mean, <laughs> I have a full list on this blank word. I mean, this very filled out <laughs> word document that I am looking at. Yeah, me too. I have one that says podcast notes. <laughs> it's a little notebook. <laughs> Ready. You're just taking notes as we go. If we took yeah. notes, how would we have the wait? I just thought of something segment. Oh, that's still going to be a thing. <laughs> that is. I think, that segment, I, think, I think that segment needs to carry over yeah, into the spring sports podcast. <laughs> and I cannot wait for when we're on the phone actually, with Peter Pilling and Megan. Wait, I just thought of, we need like a we need like a we need like a musical cue for the I just thought of something. <laughs> it's coming. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I I normally don't pre-think of anything, but I did actually just think of something to ask Peter. So I'm actually gonna write that down. Hold on. Live thoughts going on right now. Mm-hmm. Sincere. If only we could show you. 
concentration right now. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, before we get into, you know, transitioning to talk about, you know, the end of the season and everything, talk to Coach Griffith. What have you guys been doing to keep yourselves occupied last week? Rojas, you start. It's been been sort of tough. I'm not going to lie. I think last week um, was a little easier because we had just, like, finished and we would have normally kind of taken a few days off postseason anyway but this week has been well it's only, it's only Tuesday but <laughs> I don't know trying to stick to a schedule like a normal work schedule working out try to eat healthy I feel like stuff. that's I feel like that's one of the toughest things though is like what day of the week is it right when you're inside know, every day just feel like very confused, especially when like work just carries over from day to day Kyle, to be clear yeah I wish outside. it I know I did go outside. I mean, I went and I on he the went outside last Thursday. No, I I went outside. Uh, what day was it that I texted you, Mike? Was it Friday? Or Friday? Yeah. It was like literally the day before Cuomo came on and said that all non-essential businesses will be closed, and I was golfing with my father-in-law, and I was like, well, I guess this is the last time we're going to do this for a while. Um, just been in, you know, working from home. Uh, my wife is a school teacher in fourth grade. So that's kind of been interesting to see how everything's played out with, with her and the, with the New Jersey school districts. Uh, she's yeah. actually in the other room right now. She has, she, she teaches, she has a class in the morning uh, that she's online for, for a couple hours to help the kids. And then she takes a lunch break. And then she has an afternoon class that she's on in the afternoon for, for a couple hours and like just kind of does this virtual chat with the kids and uh, she can actually see all of the, they send them all home with these laptops and she can see every single oh, wow. laptop on the same, on her screen. It's nice. like a grid of like 24 laptop screens. So if the kids wow. throw off tasks, she can lock their screen and tell them to get back on task. So wow. pretty intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've been wondering how that's been playing out for like yeah. younger kids. Cause I know in college, it's a lot easier. Most people know how to do like Zoom and stuff already. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been on the other end of the spectrum because I have a kindergartner and he's been doing Zoom meetings a couple times a week and filling Zoom out packets meetings. and stuff. So, yeah. They have it's the kindergartners on Zoom meetings, huh? I have yeah, two quick questions for you guys. Full mute. So that's, that's key for kindergartners. It's on right. full mute? Yeah. Basically, when she's trying to get her message across, she mutes everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. Mean, that's pretty necessary. <laughs> Mike's going to start doing that to us, just muting yeah. <laughs> for the intro. <laughs> Have you guys seen the Zoom conference call that's like gone, gone bad? No. I don't know if I have. I'll send it to you. Also, yeah. have you seen the um Well, you have to video. talk about it. You have to talk I about don't, it a little bit. It's um, someone thinks that they're like on like um, – not seen and they're like doing oh. something funny so it's pretty it's i'll take you <laughs> and, and there's like f- like eight people and they're like oh oh no like <laughs> not sure what to do <laughs> and there's another video which i thought of you kyle um like elementary school teachers are dr- doing drive-by waves to their kids Oh, wow. Like all the kids came out to the driveway and they're like, hey, Mrs. So-and-so. And they're just like doing like a parade. It's so cute. <laughs> um, but anyway, enough about us, right? I think uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to have uh, Columbia Women's Basketball head coach Megan Griffith on the podcast with us to check in, give us an update, and uh, wrap up the season. So we'll see you in a, in a minute. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. 
we've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. All right, and we're back. And now joining us, as we mentioned before we went to break, is Columbia head women's basketball coach, Megan Griffith. Meg, thanks for taking the time. Good to see you again. We can see each other over this little Spring <laughs> yeah. Central video conference we're having, but good to see you. Yes. Kyle, it's, it's good to see you as well from very far away. But um, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. This is kind of the first time we're really reconnecting and getting to talk about the season. And I'm excited to, to get to do that today. Yeah, like I'm kind of enjoying doing this right now with everybody because it feels like the most normal thing that we've done over the last two weeks. Yeah, very true. Human interaction. I feel like a lot of us have done. I've I've done it with a few of my friends like these, like either whether you use FaceTime or Mm -hmm. even like a Facebook Live group virtual hangout with a couple of my wife's friends the other (laughs) uh, like last week. So nice. That was cool. Look at you, Kyle, getting techie. Yeah, (laughs) we are. Uh, but yeah, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, what have you been up to over these last couple of weeks since the season, you know, just abruptly came to an end and we're going to get into that, but you know, what have you been up to? Yeah, I, um, you know, it's been a lot of reflection. I think also just, and I mean, maybe less reflection and more like, what do we do now? Kind of just finding, um, how to navigate our new normalcy and, you know, it's just, you want to make sure, I think the first thing, like as, as all coaches or, um, you know, the athletic department administrators, like they're just trying to make sure people are safe. So I think a lot of it's just been checking in with your family, with your loved ones, friends, uh, the players, our staff, um, and just kind of, you know, making sure you can see everybody from afar, see that they're doing okay and navigating this all well. Um, so yeah, that, and then reflection and, and then also just like, you know, like getting back to like a little bit of me time, which I haven't had since I feel like I played overseas. So um, I've been cooking a lot and reading. Wow. <laughs> so That's nice. Things that I've not done in a long time. Yeah. What do we read? Meg Rowe, I knew you were going to ask about that. Um, <laughs> so I'm reading. Um, I could really blow you up on this podcast, Meg. I mean, we got a lot oh of good oh, Better be careful. They'll <laughs> uh, come out. Don't worry. Um, so I'm reading a book called Strokes of Genius that was recommended to me uh, by one of an adjunct professor in our business school actually that I'm I'm now friends with and his daughter comes to like all of our games um, and he he's been awesome just at like hey check this book out read this and it's about Federer and the Dolls 2008 um, Wimbledon final so it's kind of like leading up to that it's it's really cool it's just like how different they are how differently they're raised like even their styles and Mm -hmm. So it's been a fun read so far. I would definitely be interested in reading that because when I was in high school, I was like really big into watching tennis. Okay. I, would, I would play a lot. And then in, like, and then in college, uh, we would, you know, especially over the summers, come home. And we had, I remember that 2008 Wimbledon final, that was like five sets mm-hmm. that went, went like they had rain delays. Like it, yeah, it, it ended wild. in like almost darkness. Yeah. Uh, at Wimbledon and it was like literally we spent the entire day at one of my friend's house because we thought it was going to be like you know like a three to four hour thing yeah uh, and it was started in the morning right 
<laughs> so yeah. we, we we did like a quote unquote breakfast at Wimbledon where we went to one of our <laughs> houses and we and we uh, their parents like made us all breakfast and we watched the whole thing. It was love that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I love anyway. that Kyle nerds out in sports. It's like my nerds. Favorite. Oh god. Kyle, was that before you got into bowling, or were you? No, I've been a competitive bowling. bowler that's since I was. I've been a competitive bowler since I was in fifth grade. So. Now what? It's, yeah, <laughs> competitive. Did you go at, like for a birthday party and then like you're like yeah? Oh, uh, like mom. no, I just think it was that my mom and dad bowled, so that's just what I I just. What uh, I did. Okay. Yeah. You come from a family of bowlers. My mom and dad. Oh, I could really get into this right now. <laughs> uh, this is what the people want to hear. This is really what they want to hear. Fun fact: Diane Griffith. <laughs> Has a bowling ball in bag. Yes. I so see yes. That. I would be wow. very happy. Can, get a picture? Can we get a picture of the bowling ball in bag? I'll bowling. ask her about that. All right. Um, back, <laughs> back to Columbia. Um, I do. I want to talk about uh, this season. I want to look back. It was a very clearly like a really successful season. One of the most successful seasons this program's ever had at the Division One level. Uh, 17 and 10 overall, went eight and six in the Ivy League, qualified for the Ivy League tournament for the first time. Uh, but then, obviously, as we all know, uh, before we got the chance to go to the Ivy League tournament, the season kind of came to an abrupt end there when the Ivy League presidents announced that they were canceling the tournament. Uh, and it was just like a really, I think it was a really confusing time for a lot of people that day, that week, especially because the Ivy league was the first one to cancel the basketball tournament when all the other conference tournaments were still going on. So I think a lot of people were really confused, but I just, I want to get your take. And I think it'd be cool to forever, all of our listeners to hear your take on that day. Like what happened that day, how you found out how the team found out and just kind of getting through that and getting through the next few days, uh, what ultimately wound up in where, how we're living our lives today. Yeah. Um, so it was, I mean, like, it's one of those, like, you know, retrospectively, like you think now, and I'm like, if I knew what I knew like a week ago from that day, I would have been like, Oh yeah, like totally, you know, but in the moment it was completely devastating and heartbreaking. Like, and, and not just, um, cause I was feeling those things just for the players, for Janaya being our senior, um, and granted, there were a lot of seniors that were going to that tournament. Um, on the women's side, though, she is the only one of them that had never been to the tournament. So it was it was just like a culmination of her career that was coming to an end. Um, and you didn't really have any answers, you know. So that morning, um, well, the night before, you know, I was on a home visit. And um, all of a sudden, I started getting like emails and text messages about like, we have a staff meeting. And, and then it got canceled. And so I'm like, what's going on? So I like call Joe Quinlan, our senior associate AD. And he's like, I have no idea, Meg. Like just assume business is normal tomorrow. In less than 10 hours before, we had just gotten on a conference call with the Ivy League saying like everything's a go. So, you know, now fast forward, um, it's 9 a.m. And I'm, I'm literally like in the weight room on a bike getting my workout in. And I get a text from Peter and it's like, Peter Pilling, our director of athletics, and um, it's like, hey, are you free? And I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm about to get a workout in or I'm working out. Like, can I, can I, do you need to come up right now? Like, I just started. And he said, no, I'll text you in half an hour. So I finished my workout. It's like 9.40, 9.50. Like, and, like, and this is on, just to clear up the timeline for everybody, this is on Tuesday. This uh, is on Tuesday. Tuesday before the tournament. Yeah, Tuesday before the tournament. Um, we're leaving the next night. You know, Meg had uh, booked all of our travel and our bus arrangements. And 
So that morning I'm like, you know, five minutes before practice, I'm like, Hey Meg, I'm going to go talk to Peter because I haven't heard back from him yet. Like, can you just head down to the court? So I go talk to him and he's just like, he's in a full on staff meeting with all of our senior um, associates. And um, he comes out like ghost white. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, and he's like, I have terrible news. The tournament was canceled. And I was like, you know, five minutes before practice. I'm like, okay. So um, I quickly like ran out to the balcony and was like, guys, come up here, meaning our staff. So they come up, I tell our staff first. So it wasn't everybody just hearing it um, for the first time. And then like maybe 10 minutes later, we walked down with Peter and he wanted to deliver the news to the team. Um you know, and, and just kind of tell them, you know, and it was, it was almost like, it was just like sad. The moment was sad. It was, it was quiet. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty floating around. Um, and, you know, I think it was extremely emotional, you know, for everybody. Like I was emotional. Our players were emotional. Our staff was emotional. He was emotional. Um, and then, you know, we, we, he said what he said. And I, you know, I said a few things, um, you know, we didn't quite understand the magnitude of what was happening, you know, globally slash domestically in the country itself because uh, we were the first to do it like you said Kyle and I think that was that was the reason it was so hard to swallow at the time it was just like well, why why do we have to cancel when everybody else is still playing uh, and so you know the team kind of did various things like some of them broke off and like went and lifted weights some of them stayed on the court some of them just left some of them were crying and hugging you know it was a multitude of emotions and um the same for the staff like it, I don't think anybody really knew what to do we just kind of sat up in the lounge area of our offices for like 30 minutes Meg didn't we I mean it was just yeah. like somber you know like what are we doing Super uh, surreal. yeah so we we decided to meet as a team later that day at 3 p.m uh off campus and just like be with each other you know we didn't really have any answers or what next? And, and there were still hopes of us potentially getting a bid for the WNIT. So we were trying to just be like, Hey, listen, you got four days, like go spend your four days doing whatever you want to do right now. And then we just tried to get everybody off campus as quickly as possible. And um, so as the next couple, as the next few days unfold, mm-hmm. um, you know, you start to find out more and more. And I, and I think in the sports world, the big moment, I mean, I know, I think the next day, the Mac, uh, the MAC and the big West announced that they were going to hold their tournament without fans. Yes. And that was, that was on Wednesday mm-hmm. or it was either Tuesday night or Wednesday. And then mm-hmm. Wednesday, the Ivy league announced that all spring sports were canceled. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you could see this kind of domino effect starting, but at, at the time it was still like the Ivy league was the, on the forefront of like what was being canceled and nothing else had really been canceled, canceled yet. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was either Wednesday night or Thursday uh, and I, his name is eluding me right now, but the Utah Jazz player, uh, somebody, Rudy Gobert. Yes, Rudy Gobert. When he, when it was announced that he had tested positive for COVID nineteen, and the NBA suspended all games mm-hmm. uh, at the time, I felt like that was really like the the last little straw that tipped the camel's back. I guess right, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where everything after that uh was just being canceled one after another after another and then uh having gone to St. John's I was like you know watching the St. John's Georgetown uh Biggie's tournament game and they were the last ones on the court and then they pulled them off the court at halftime was that Friday mm-hmm. 
was that on Thursday or Friday? I don't remember. Thursday. Or no, maybe yeah. it was Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday, oh no, it was Creighton. They had already beat Georgetown. They were playing Creighton. It was the next round, and um, they pulled them off the court. And then, yeah, I think I think everybody kind of understood the gravity of what was going on uh, then, since everything was now canceled. And then, you know, the next few days go by, and it like like it was like for 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 three to five days straight, it felt like there was a breaking news story every. 20 minutes mm-hmm. right one after another and it was like the longest three to five days at least of like my it felt like of my life you know where it's just like what's gonna like the next you're just like waiting for the next shoe to drop so yeah uh can, but can you talk about you know as all that was unfolding over the next few days to a week uh kind of how the team was handling it how you were handling it and like when you finally like came to the realization that like, okay, this is like a serious uh, national global issue mm-hmm. uh, and kind of, you know, in, which ultimately wound up in the fact that like all students are now off campus and kind of mm-hmm. how that whole process went down. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, I think even that day, like I, we sat, the staff sat together for like a couple hours, I would say, and we were just like, what is going on? Like why, you know, like just why, a lot of whys. Um, yeah. And then, you know, after that, like the next day, um, it was like, all right, how do we get, how do we get people where they want to go? You know, like we got at least four days, like, let's get, let's, let's move on and get the team off campus. Like, let's get a little downtime. Let's get a break time. Um, and then the next day after that is when that Thursday, like you're saying, Kyle, like, I was like, wait a minute, like what else is happening? You know, like, like you said, it felt like there was news every 20, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, like so-and-so is happening. They're doing this. They're going to, there's no fans of this. There's no fans of that, you know? And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, like, are these other tournaments going to get canceled? You know? And, um, and at that time, everybody thankfully was off campus. So, or or at least our team was off campus, but you know, I'd been on a staff meeting and literally at 11 AM they told us, or, you know, within minutes of 11 that the spring sports would go on. And then three hours later, spring season was canceled so it was just like things was things were happening so quickly that it was so hard to process um and and in my head immediately it went to the NCAA tournament's gonna get canceled like it was just like that is going to happen like NBA sports are getting canceled um (laughs) and you know I think that was the big the big thing for us was just like keeping it all in perspective and making sure that at that time, like you were just kind of like, all right, are we safe? Like, what do we need to do? What, how do we get people things off campus? And then like literally from Friday, we got a message about we're going remote like a week after spring break. And then Sunday, I didn't even get this email, but the students all got an email about getting off campus by midnight on Tuesday. And I was like, okay, like this is, you know, like, so it just got ramped up and to another level within, like you said, Kyle, three, five days. Um, so it was, it was just like, I think the team was, you know, at that point we weren't with them. So a lot of it was just like, are you okay? Do you really need to come back and get your stuff? Do not fly back to campus. Do not, you know, if you're local, make sure you're taking care of your teammates. Um, And none of it had, like, I think we had all kind of moved on beyond the tournament at that point. Like, it was like, it was just like damage control. Like, what are we, how do we, how do we figure this out as quickly as possible and make sure everybody is in a safe place again with their belongings off campus. So yeah, it was, it was really odd. Like, I don't think we were like, it kind of made you have to forget quickly about what just happened. Yeah. 
I felt like even by last Saturday, that would have been the championship game for us. And so much had happened between Tuesday and Saturday. I woke totally. up Saturday and I was like, we could be playing right now. But like literally so much had happened that it kind of had been yeah, not pushed aside. We obviously wanted to go, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I agree, Meg. Like it was like, it almost like was like, could that even happen? Like, you know, like yeah. Tuesday to Saturday yeah. felt like three weeks, not, not four days. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, some tournaments were canceled in the middle, some were mm -hmm. half time. Like, there's a lot yeah. of. Yeah. And I was like, the one thing, like, for me, honestly, like, I don't, like, Kyle, like, you asked about, like, how, when did I realize how globally uh, it was affecting all of us? And I'm like, you know, at the time, you're just like, so you're like mad, you're frustrated, you're sad, you're, there's all these things. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, like, this is, yeah. like, really serious. Like, this is big. This is enormous like uh, monstrosity of what's happening to our countries to the world right now and and I don't think any of the athletes really grasp that you know like people were still posting on social media like funny things about playing in front of no fans and I'm like you guys have no idea and it made me really grateful to be a part of the Ivy League then honestly yeah I yeah think, I think you know obviously when it first happened uh a lot of people thought it was like a, you know, a big risk from the Ivy league to mm -hmm. be doing this, but then, you know, with, with how everything turned out, obviously they made the right decision and all the leagues and, you know, associations and sports made the right decision. And even outside of sports where to the point now where it's, you know, everything's canceled, everybody stay at home, you know, there's yeah. no, you know, just how we're doing everything right now. Um, I wanted to ask you, how are you staying? It's obviously like a huge adjustment. So how are you staying in touch and like, in contact with your team right whereas mm -hmm. like right now you would normally like have this window where you like at least see them all the time you know on campus so like how how has that been working for you and the staff yeah so like we like honestly like we would have just now started our postseason right like they're back on campus it's been 14 days like we kind of just would have started as of today i think yeah. um and now it's all virtual slash remote communication. I mean, they officially start classes back up on Thursday and they're during their normal class time. So like if you have a 110 and that, now you have a 110 that you got to log in for. You got a 610, you log in for the 610. So, um, you know, we're trying to, we're going to get everybody together um, for a call this week, later this week, um, and just talk about the new guidelines and like how we have to create structure and routine for ourselves as a, as a program. Um, and, and, you know, just ramp up our level of communication, but, you know, from when this all happened till now, it's been a lot of individual, you know, our, I think our program's like really tight knit, you know, top to bottom. I don't think there's like a lot of people that are like not communicating with individuals on a daily basis. So, um, I, that to me is like reassuring because we all kind of know what's going on, you know, if, if something serious were to happen or um, if someone needed help. Uh, so I think we've all been kind of just like touching base, but now we're officially, you know, later this week going to like sort of join back together again, like as a program um, and get everybody on, on the same page, just in terms of like, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we create the structure um, and, and, you know, really thrive in it. It might be a little early to think about this, but have you seen any silver linings from this situation with things that can help you down the line when things do kind of resume back to normal? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, great question, Mike. I think, you know, one advantage we have as an Ivy League conference is like, we don't, we, we, aren't, we don't have summer access. So like our student athletes are like, they're ready to do this. Like it might not be the same. They might have the same resources. They might not have a gym or like a public space, but 
you know, like they know how to, to work themselves out. They know how to take care of themselves. They know, you know, discipline, um, self-discipline, uh, and, and how to manage that their own time. So I think that's a huge benefit is like, we're, we're kind of ahead of the game right now. And like our, our coaches and strength coach and trainer, like they, they know how to communicate when you're not in front of somebody. Um, you know, I think that, that to me is like a big benefit. And then too, like, I think our team, you know, it's like, it's a time where like, we've talked a lot about being a player led team and like, this is the time, like it's right now. <laughs> so like you guys wanted it, let's take it. Go ahead. It's all yours. Looking back at the season, now that you've had some time to reflect and everybody says time to reflect, I mean, like I brought up before, I mean, one of the most successful seasons this program has ever seen at a Division One level. I mean, has that, like, has that really, like, sunk in for you yet? How successful of a season you had? And is this what you envisioned maybe at the beginning of the season? Or, you know, you always take it game by game, one step at a time. But now that you've had time to look back, like, what are your thoughts just on the basketball and how the season went overall. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm very, I'm immensely proud of everybody, you know, like I'm, our players, our staff, our support staff. Um, I, I just think that everybody really bought in in a genuine way. And like from you, Kyle, to like our managers, to our players, to like everybody in like they, everybody believed like it was like never hokey, you know? And I guess, like, that's why, like, you know, I, this is the stuff that you think about. Like, we talk about the Ivy League tournament and winning championships all the time, like, especially in the beginning of the season. And we don't talk about it day to day, but, like, this is exactly the team I want to be, you know? Like, and so to take that enormous step this year, like, if we didn't, yeah, like, it probably, I would have probably been like, okay, how could we have been better? How could I have been better? Um, and I still think that there's a lot of ways I could have been better, we could have been better, but, you know, we did, we did do some really great things this year. Um, some programmatically historically changing things. And, uh, you know, that you need that momentum to carry you forward and you need people to believe. And so, you know, like, you know, I know like we were playing for second place in the very last game of the season. And, you know, four years ago when I got here, we were the worst team <laughs> in the conference. <laughs> so, like, literally to go from the worst team to the rivaling for the top spot in our league. Um, and I knew what it looked like from the top. Like, I coached at the top team in the league for six years. And to know what it looked like and to know that we had this buy-in um, and hunger to get there, uh, it's – I wouldn't say it's, like, gratifying. It's more just – it's even more motivating. And, it, and now it's – I think our, our staff um, and our team are like hungrier than ever to be great. The six game winning streak in Ivy league play, I think was, I mean, obviously that was like the turning point of the year uh, for, you know, from going to two and four after six Ivy league games. Yeah. Going to eight and four, but I, I even felt like that Penn Princeton weekend at Penn and Princeton where you fell to two and four, it wasn't a normal weekend at Penn and Princeton. There was the probably, and what I've seen on some websites, like what people have called in women's basketball, the Ivy League game of the year uh, was us at Penn, that overtime game. Uh, there was just so much that went into it. It was really, you know, like you, like you said before, for somebody that just likes to watch college basketball, that was a really exciting game to watch. Yeah. Um, and you had the prospect of, 
uh, two of the best freshmen in the Ivy League and Abby Shu going up against Kayla Padilla from Penn and just so much that went that went into that game. And then even at Princeton uh, the next day, it, it wasn't it wasn't the, I guess, normal performance, right, that we've that we've seen against Princeton. So Mm-hmm. after that weekend did how did you feel about the team after that weekend even though you were two and four but you knew yeah. there were some like attainable winnable games coming up on the schedule yeah um that <laughs> meg meg isn't the pen game like your favorite game of the year it's my all-time megan griffith <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> it's gonna be top three for sure like <laughs> <laughs> it's gold oh can we give some context so like kyle i don't remember yeah. that but this oh, i remember i mean no no not the game like oh okay outside of the game i i i'm i do not get sick like ever oh, okay. meg no never i'm I'd like actually, no you you don't you really i don't get sick like i, I no. have a really great immune system i'm like yeah my mom like i've inherited her like asian like yeah you're just you're good you're fit you're fun you're healthy yeah you know like and um so anyways like going into that week I had caught the flu like or something that resembling the flu um and I mean I was I was coaching in a chair like a day before the game yeah what you never do what you know I've never I mean Kyle you've seen practice I know I'm just letting yeah I mean I've never seen Meg sit down (laughs) (laughs) participating in practice yeah so i so anyways i'm in a chair like cross-legged i'm wearing i don't even know what i like i was wearing clothes i don't think i've ever worn before it was like you came in from the rain yeah it was raining it was like kyle i didn't even know if i was gonna make it to that game like it was yeah. like it that's was right. You little, drove. I remember you drove separately. I drove that's my right. separately. Yeah, yeah. didn't get so, on the bus. Yeah. So like I, I ended up feeling a lot better on Friday, but like that week was like pretty crazy. So like that game, I felt like I was like almost having this like outer body experience. Meg, Meg was like you were. I mean, Kyle, you could probably attest to this. Like I was in rare form that game. You were. You just had some you of were. my all-time favorite quotes. All time. <laughs> Meg, say what I said in the locker room. Uh, but I, I'm willing. I'm going. Oh yeah, she said. <laughs> I was standing outside the locker room, so I might have heard this. But go ahead. Go she ahead. Said, she's like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to the Ivy League tournament with or without you all. <laughs> <laughs> and in my, in everyone's heads, I could tell them being like, huh. <laughs> How does that work? Did she just buy a ticket? Get herself on a list? Like <laughs> it was amazing. But then you just float right back into like yeah. motivational speech. But it was it was a really good moment. But I mean like Kyle's so, like aside the jokes and I mean there's some stories I'm sure Meg could Meg would love to tell right now that maybe we shouldn't, yeah. but um no. You know, like that, like coming off of that weekend, I agree. Like there was something different about our program that weekend. Um, it was like, all right, that's it. Like, that's it. We don't get pushed around. Like we are the future of this league. We don't get pushed around by the past. And um, I think that really resonated with them. Like I think like showing them the missed opportunities that we had, showing them the the times we got outworked or out hustled. Um, and, and then like, then it just started like, you know, a snowball effect, domino effect, however you want to say it. 
of them really figuring out what it takes to be successful in this league. Yeah, I, I think, felt like that no. Dartmouth. Then I really think that that was a turning point, the Penn Princeton weekend. But that Dartmouth win at home was the first time I felt like we won, which was great. But we in the locker room afterwards was like that was not good. But we can be better than we wrote. We like for the first time ever. I know we say like we can right or wrong Friday Saturday, but like we actually started to turn the corner then, yeah. and then we kept going, and then it was like normal. Which was yeah, great. yeah. Yeah, that Dartmouth Harvard weekend. Uh, let's plug. Let's plug the mic'd up video that's going to come out this week yeah. for the Dartmouth game. For the Dartmouth yeah. game, maybe, if that maybe. I mean, I'm. I guess I'm happy I picked that game. If that was Rojas's turning point of the year, the Dartmouth yeah. game, right there. I told you. There, I don't know. if There's a lot of good stuff in that game, Kyle. But hopefully, you found some. Yeah, we, we've also, we've got enough. We got enough. You know, I just don't know how long the video is going to be, but we've got. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say after the Dartmouth game. The Harvard game was probably you could you could attest to this the most complete performance of the season, yeah. uh, and then you go on the the next weekend to Brown and Yale and sweep a road weekend, and then all of a sudden you're six and four and thinking oh like oh man like we we have a chance next weekend to possibly clinch our spot, and then lo and behold you win two more games against Dartmouth and Harvard at Harvard which the program hadn't done in like 12 years and sweep like win six in a row, the longest Ivy league winning streak in the program's history to clinch your spot in the Ivy league tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, did, did those three weekends feel like as fast to you as they felt to, as I guess, as they felt to me, because I was, I had said this on previous podcast episodes that I felt like those six games just like went by in a flash. Yeah. No, you know, it was, it's crazy. Like when you're in it, you're game planning, you're in like, you know, Dartmouth is literally two weeks apart. Harvard's two weeks apart, like not even right. Like, it's just like, you're playing those teams so quickly back to back like because like, you know how much is goes into those games, like how much the separation factor in like qualifying for the tournament with that Dartmouth game on the road. Um, it went by fast, but it was like the minutia of your preparation was like very tedious and like, like, every, like, we just had to get everything right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like the preparation, just even the travel, like how much they slept. Like, I mean, I felt like we were just so locked in to making sure we were putting ourselves in the best possession position to be successful yeah. for those three weeks. I think that's why it felt long, but I agree with you, Kyle, like looking at it, like all of a sudden we were on the, the road, like the bus back home from Dartmouth celebrating that we made the tournament slash like, you know, we still got time left. Like it, it was pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. I don't know if you want to choose one game, but was there one of those games of those six that was sort of your favorite or, like, you could take a deep breath out after? Uh, yeah, Meg. Because I know, like, it's... the Dartmouth, the <laughs> deep breath is not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> after the Dartmouth game, you and I went outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I just had to get fresh air. No, uh, you mean like what's where I was like, oh, I feel good. Yeah. Um, I, out of all of them, honestly, I think it was the Harvard home game because okay. like I knew like, you know, in, I knew how hard it was going to be to beat Yale at Yale. Like, and then we did it, but like there was so much that was happening after the game. And then the same oh, thing with yeah. Harvard, like, you know, like after the Yale game, we had Lil had gotten hurt. So we were tending mm-hmm. to Lil, you know, like, 
somebody else, like something happened, like we're tending to that player. So like it wasn't celebratory. Yeah, it wasn't celebratory at all, right? And then we go to Harvard. We beat Harvard at Harvard. Huge win. Like they're out to get us. We know they're good on Friday nights. And then like Siena goes down. We have no idea what's going on. Markham went down. So like we were just kind of like figuring things out. Like we never really, and I said this to Meg before, but like we never really got to celebrate. And I think that's why it made the run persist. Like we we weren't like yeah like it was just back to business like yeah. For so sure. I would say the Harvard home game because it was a long weekend because we did the autograph session we like didn't have a post game nobody got hurt that game we beat them by like we beat the pants off of them by like thirty five points or whatever like it was and Jay was hurt Jay no Jay had the flu so like, yeah. was on the bench cheering being a great leader like it, it was just like everybody was just it was just like a proud hands off game. You know, like we executed, they, they, we did what we wanted to. Um, and then we got to celebrate. Like I got to go out with my, my sisters, you know, like after the game, like we got to, got to do that. Um, There's just like a lot of good. Alumni were courtside. Yeah. Like it was just a lot of good feelings in the atmosphere that night. So I would say that was the one where you're just like, we like, we got through the weekend, you know, like, all right, we took another step. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that I saw this year was the team winning when they didn't play their best, mm-hmm. when maybe in years past that wasn't the case. And I think that's like a, like a mark of like a team, a good team is when you don't play your best, but you can come out on top like that home game against Dartmouth, like the road game at Brown, uh, like the I mean, the road game at Dartmouth, we played really well for three and a half quarters and then, you know. Mm-hmm. But one last one last hit on the season. Um, how much I, I really felt like a lot of the scenarios that played out in the non-conference season really helped when we got to Ivy League season, mm-hmm. where we were so many of those non-conference games had really good fourth quarters and came back to win the game. Or pl- even if we didn't win the game, we played in so many tight games down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So how big was that to have – to play in all those really tight games and how much that helped you in the Ivy league season. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Kyle. I think it was tr- like a tremendous help, like a big assist for us to like get to like gr- like grind out ugly wins. Um, like I remember there was a point we were, so we like at the one point Davidson was like our biggest game on the schedule, like to that date, right? Like up until that point, they had the best record, um, they were leading the A-10. Like, there was, you know, it was just kind of like two good teams coming to play together. And, um, I, you know, the one thing that was, like, really amazing for us to see during that game was, like, the game got close. It was close the entire game. We knew it was going to be a battle. And, I like, I really respect their coach. Like, we're around the same age. Um, we actually played against each other in college. And, you know, it was kind of like two teams trying to do the same thing. And Greg was, like, you know, um, Greg Rosnick on our staff was, like, Meg, we've been here before and they haven't. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) You know, like, and it it just gave me the confidence that like we were going to do it. Like, you know, and, and it was, you know, it was Greg that game, you know, it was Ty another game, it was Anjali another game, it was Meg another game. Like everybody was just like, you know, we've been here. Like, even though you can get so caught up in like the moment or um, I just feel like all of those tight wins against very different kinds of opponents um, on the road, back at home, you know, uh, it, it, we just had a confidence about what we could do when it mattered and when the game was on the line. And you could see the composure from the 
from your players on the court too. Yeah. In those yeah. Quarter situations. I mean, mostly freshmen and sophomores out there, but you could tell, especially by the time we got to Ivy league play that in a close game in the fourth quarter, like they weren't shying away from anything. No, I was going to say like, you know, with the young team, Kyle, like I think that was the more impressive part was like, because we had been tested, like our first game of the season was an overtime game, right? Mm-hmm. Like our very yeah. first game of the season. And like, honestly, we had, two, three starters sitting on the bench going into overtime, like yeah. from the season before. So it was like Caitlin Davis was on the floor. Abby Shue was on the floor. Carly Rivera was on the floor. Sienna Durr was on the floor for not the whole time. Like even Sienna was sitting out during moments, of, you know, she was in foul trouble. Lillian Kennedy sprained her ankle within the first five minutes of the game. Like we literally were playing with people that have never played college basketball. Hannah Pratt was on the floor. Like we, we had four freshmen and like to see like that's how the season started and almost ended because of the injury. Yeah. Um, was a really, it was really interesting to see how much they've grown as people. Like, so I was even, you know, that's the thing I'm the most proud of is just like, they've, they've trusted, they've bought in from start to finish. Like, you know, we're, we're like, I, I say this a lot, but like, this is really just the beginning for this program. All right. I think it's really hard to start a crowd. No, go ahead. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> we've, it's really hard in season to remind ourselves like how far we've actually come, but halfway through this season, and this is not to put down any teams we've had in the past, but the things that we were worried about were like so different. Last, I don't remember what season this was. We came up from halftime and Meg, this is one of her least favorite moments, I think in the past. Um, we had, we we're shooting around at halftime. And we had nine basketballs shot at the same time (laughs) (laughs) in our half court. Like, we just, like, we've gotten to such, like, a different point of, like, our worries, you know, versus. And I think, too, like, Kyle, like, just so you guys understand, Kyle and Mike, like, basically, that was just, like, nobody had any idea, like, who needed to get shots up. Yeah. Like, it was just such a not – it was like unaware. We were just like so unaware of like what it took to be a good team. And like, you know, it was, uh, it's just, it's taken a lot of time to get here. Yeah. And just tying together what Kyle was saying and what you were saying, being player driven, everything, the people, the players we talk to every week all agree that, you know, the Dartmouth game wasn't your best game at the home game. And, and, you know, for them to self realize that it's gotta be good, good sign for the program moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, it is. Um, you know, like, they, it's like, Meg, like, when you agree, like, we walk in the locker room, and Kyle, you're sometimes in there, like, and you can already tell they know, like, we're, we're not mm-hmm. celebrating that, like, for sure, like, you know, and, and, and like, they, and then they know when they played well, like, and then I wouldn't, I'm not gonna lie, like, we, we had some really great wins this year as a team, but we also had a lot of wins that, like, we just, like, figured it out, and we kind of were like, you know what? all right, we got better today, you know? And, yeah. like, it was, like, that's it. Let's keep it moving. Let's get better. So um, I, I like that they're, like, real, like they're realistic, too. Like, they, they mm-hmm. understand that. I think that's a huge part of growth. Like, you can't just think you're better than people when you're not. So now, in the age of social distancing, <laughs> as we all are, yeah, uh, I think what's been happening, especially, I mean, for me, and I'm sure the same thing is happening to other people, is that we're starting to – uh, you know, obviously do things that we wouldn't normally do and uh, around the house and trying to find new things to do <laughs> since we can't go outside. So I wanted to ask you some questions about kind of like what you're doing right now and things that you're catching up on. We touched on it a little bit before when you said you've been reading, uh, you talk about uh, the book that you're reading, but 
I wanted to ask you if there's anything that you're watching right now on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is, however you, uh, you know, get your shows. Uh, is there anything that you've been watching lately or a movie that you've seen that you haven't watched in a long time? Yeah. Um, I just watched Parasite two nights ago. Oh, Par- I don't, I don't know good. if I've ever seen that. Yeah. It something. It's it, like it really won- good. Yeah. yeah it, it's, um, I mean, basically it's about a Korean family that they live in one of those like semi basements, you know, and it's like kind of like talks about that world and like it not talks about it, but more like show, shows it as the movie is going on and then how they kind of infiltrate this like very upper class family society. Um, but like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really like there's a, a huge tug between like societal differences. Um, so it was, it was good. It was great. It was really good. I liked it a lot. It's all subtitles. Um, I'd recommend that. So I've been wanting to watch that. I just watched that two nights ago. Um, what else have I watched? I've watched a show called The Watchmen a little bit. That's a very, I did not love it though, but I kind of just like wanted to finish the season. So did not love that. Um, but not recommended. No, not recommended. Somebody told me to watch All American because it's kind of like more connected to like the who we recruit. Um, that age and so I thought that season the first season was good and I've heard oh is that on Netflix yeah I've heard mixed reviews like a high school student yeah it's a high school football like yeah he played like basically California based Crenshaw to Beverly Hills and like the dichotomy between the two societies yeah so that was that was a season one was like you know it's like a sports show like it's um but I heard season two gets a little different so how have you been getting your sports fix? I know some people are watching <laughs> classic games. What are you doing to kind of fill that? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm kind of taking a break, Mike. Um, I think that, like, you know what I did, actually? I bought that um, Sports Illustrated Kobe edition. So I've been, like, holding on to that for, like, a rainy afternoon, just, like, read or, like, when, you know, on a sat- this Saturday or Sunday or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I've been taking a little bit of a break. Like, it, mainly if I'm doing sports stuff, it's, like, basketball x's and o's right you know? um yeah but i haven't been watching a ton i actually watch i've been so i've been like riding a, like a bike a spin bike a lot and i've been watching just like whatever old games are on or like i watched yeah. like the 2019 summer games like golfing tournament I was like, <laughs> what am i doing you know like but just more things that i don't usually do you know so yeah the hot dog eating competition was on ESPN News. I, I don't know if you guys saw that. What year? What year? Was it this year? It last just past year, I guess? No, like 2009 with like the two famous Kobayashi. guys. Oh, was that yeah. when uh, oh, Joey Chestnut Joey overtook Kobayashi for the, for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was Yes. yes, that was a huge one. Yeah, in the world of I, hot dog eating. I have come across so many random things. Like, I guess... A lot of my friends have been watching like like the Ocho, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ESPN two did the Ocho all day on Sunday. They I had they had cherry pit spitting. Yeah, like on they, ESPN, which is like also not live. No, yeah, no, they know it's not live. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it's like interesting to me how like all these like sports networks and whatever are trying to fill content right now because obviously nothing is going on. So, I mean, I guess the same can be said for us. Like how we're trying to fill content right now when we have no spring sports going on. Right. So totally. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I haven't honestly been as, 
I've been doing like other things. I feel like, like, like literally like I haven't, I started cooking again. I haven't cooked uh-huh. in like, this is like terrible. I haven't cooked like for myself, like regularly since I lived overseas. So about, <laughs> so about, what are you talking about? Like five years? So, I mean, I, 2010 was my last season. Kyle. Oh, that was your last season. Oh, that's right. You were at Prince. I like totally skipped Prince and I just went. To I wasn't sure if you were trying to be like, yeah. oh, you're so yeah. young. No, no, no. no. I, just totally, I totally skipped all the Prince years. Um, no, yeah, no. It's, it's been a while. So like I've been like getting old recipes. I've just enjoyed, it's been fun. Like I, I love that part of like taking, like I feel like I'm living overseas again. Like with like social distancing, all this isolated time. I'm getting to read. I'm getting to like do more like me things um, and like having to figure out how to keep up with people. That was always like a big challenge when I was overseas. So it is today too. What have you cooked? Kyle, some Diane Griffith classic. (laughs) Um, Curry chicken. Adam Mary. That's very nice. Do you have, do you make the curry sauce yourself? No, I mean, like, okay. there's, like... Didn't know how deep thing. we were going. It has limitations. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, there's, like, a curry paste that we use, and then, like, you you know, add various different spices. Um, okay, so, like, like better better than your average person yeah. would do. Like, we yeah. buy a container of, like, whatever, whoever's brand of Indian spices and sauce. Yeah. And we, that's how we cook Indian food. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, get it. continue. Um been doing um just like steaming some like shrimp sometimes and like doing that as an appetizer um <laughs> we've also cooked uh some of my like anti dots like famous meatballs that they're like kind of like a take on swedish meatballs where you like um it's like a beef base and then um like various different sauces and spices and stuff and then which that's fun too um yeah and then just like some you know like kind of like cooking salmon a couple different ways um nothing too fancy i'm not gonna lie not totally my horn too much you're a big salmon eater i've noticed on the road and you usually follow suit if i see that you've ordered i will steal your order (laughs) he will literally steal it from my google line and meg is like meg you haven't ordered and i was like i know i did kyle (laughs) wait i'm no are you accusing me of deleting your google order and putting it (laughs) Instead of control C, you do control Oh, I don't think, S. no. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I am innocent until proven guilty on that. <laughs> All right, well, Coach, really appreciate you coming on for this final episode Kyle, of our, oh, oh, here we go. Ro just thought of something. <laughs> um, well, first of all, Meg, thanks for coming on the podcast. I've been really waiting, waiting this whole year to get you on here. But, um... Something that I asked every staff retreat, what was your rose, meaning the best, non-basketball related thing, and what was your thorn this past season? Rose and thorn. My rose and my thorn. Uh, Can't be on the court. Can't be like, oh, that ball screen was like really nice. Gotta be like. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, My rose. I would say my thorn was probably when I got sick. Like, but it ended up being <laughs> fine, I guess. But that was, yeah. was like a weird, you know, had to remove your Couple stuff. days. Yeah, kind of very uncharacteristic. Um, my rose of the season off the court. Um, 
What, what about you? I'm going to flip it back at you. What were your rows in the Thor? Wow, 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 wow. No, no. She's got to answer first. She's got to answer first. Mediate this, Kyle. <laughs> so many I'll things. Say my, I'll say my rows real quick. Okay. One of the funnier moments, and it also was, like, satisfying because we won and, like, we were all feeling good, was the I, – I think we all know, like, the Dartmouth post-game meeting that we all had. Like, I genuinely – like, that was, like, a good vibe. We won – not we didn't play amazing but like we said it's like a turning point and like i could not stop laughing at it like just everything yeah i would say okay so my rose would be the post bus ride home from dartmouth we uh, had first ever comedy club we did wow we did do that mike that you don't know moment. about this yet no no he no. doesn't you got to elaborate a little bit for the, for the, for all the listeners at home. So we, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was like, uh, I mean, we'd come off like we, two people were injured from that weekend, but we did just qualify for the tournament and we were just kind of like, let's get out of here, you know, after the game, it's a long ride home. And, um, you know, like it was just like, we didn't play great, but like we got on the bus and it was just kind of like, okay, like you just got to breathe for a second and be like, but we still did this um and it was like you could tell the girls were excited especially the closer we kind of got away and closer to new york um and it was and so meg kind of got on the mic of the bus and um she's we had our first com- comedy club session so basically the players had to come up and tell jokes to the crew it's called lions comedy club <laughs> so you didn't do a yeah. rap battle this year you switched it up we did. Yeah. <laughs> we sure yeah. did. We switched uh, it up. Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to Tam for getting up there and telling a joke. It was a good one yeah. too, wasn't Tam it? Did have a it good some... one. Yeah. Yeah. Many some... people did. Mad Pack yeah. was MVP. Mad Pack. Yeah. There was some said. good. There was some good. Uh, our grad assistant Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Hudson had some good ones. It was yeah. good. Oh my god, Kyle! Kyle's was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was really good. <laughs> Self humor is always the yes. way to go. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, Mike, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. I think that's all the time we have. Taking enough of everybody's time today, but I think it's been a good uh, way to close out a great season for women's basketball. Uh, Coach, thanks for taking some time today. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Yeah, so, like we talked about, next week we'll have a brand new version of a podcast with peter pilling uh to be yet to be named so stay tuned for that and we got all sorts of great content for you coming on gocolumbialions.com at gocolumbialions uh on twitter and instagram so follow us kyle this is your time to jump in i'm just listening to your children in the background (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) same here All right. That's all the time we have. So hopefully you join us next week for our new reiteration of the Columbia podcast with athletics director, Peter Pilling. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. So stick around. We'll talk to you soon.